The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara, Mo'ed Katan, Daf Today's Daf is being studied the Animishmat of Raham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihanu Began Aiden Amen. Today's Daf is being studied the Animishmat Hamiruham Ezra ben Mazal. Shereftar Bekitsuri Amin Vishanim. Ruach Hashem Tanihanu Began Aiden Amen. Today's Daf is being studied for Ashilema Sarabat Mazal. Enna Refanala. Amen. We begin today's daf on Chavdalar Amud Bet, two lines on the bottom, starting from the Mishnah. En Korain, Velo Holsin, Ve'en Mavrin, Ela Kirobar Shilmet, Ve'en Mavrin, Ela Almita Zekufa. Our Mishnah is discussing over here things that are done exclusively by the mourners themselves and other people should not do these things either specifically the people that are mourning so the first thing is in Qur'in that's ripping their clothes like we learned in the Gemara previously that there's an obligation to rip the clothes as a sort of avilut so we learned that when somebody is uh, burying uh, the uh, father or mother the custom was that they would make halitzat katif. They would uh, take their shirt and reveal their shoulder as they were going uh, with the coffin at the levaya. Ve'en mavrin. Mavrin is what we would call today se'udat havra'ah. What's se'udat havra'ah? The first meal, it's forbidden for the mourner to eat from his own food. The obligation is that the friends have to provide the meal for him. They learned this from Yehezkel. When Yehezkel lost his wife, Borei Olam told Yehezkel not to mourn, because he had a specific situation. So from things that Borei Olam told Yehezkel not to do, we learn what a normal mourner is supposed to do. So one of the things he told him was, Ve'lechem anashim lo tochel. Do not eat the bread of people. Imply that what? That a regular mourner has to eat the bread of people. This se'uda they used to give in the street, on the way home from the uh, Levaya, it was called the Sauda in the Rehava. And that's what they used to make as well, Berkat Rehava. The blessing of the consolers was made also in the uh, street. Uh, today the Halakha says that the Sauda Tavra is actually given at home, not given in the street. Now this again is only by the mourners themselves. Furthermore, the Mishnah says, only the Kirovim. Which means the Saudat Havra is given on Mita Zekufa on an upright bed. Now we learned earlier that the mourners had to turn over their beds. And they would sit on the uh, turned over bed as a sign of Avelut. The Hedush over here is that while they sit on the upside down bed, but those that are being mavreh, those that are giving this se'uda, they sit on a regular bed, which is they don't have to sit, uh, they don't sit like mourners. The ones that are providing the meal sit on a mitah, zikufan, a straight bed. Others want to explain that, no, that in this case over here, even the mourners, when they have the se'uda, can sit on a straight bed, out of kavot to the minahamim. Those that are consoling them and giving them the sewada would be kavod if they're sitting on the floor, so they can sit also in the normal upright bed in this case. So this is the Hadush of the Mishnah, that uh, the relatives of the Met, and the relatives of the Met would be, the let's say, the uh, son, the daughter, the brother, the sister, mother, father, and wife. All those relations to each other, those are the seven relatives, that if any of those relatives died, only they exclusively do the, those kiri'ah uh, uh, and halitzat katef, etc. We said in the Mishnah. Now, many of the Rishonim understand this Mishnah specifically talking about cholam mu'id. Not a regular avilut. Even though it's true, we said by a regular avilut, but the hadush of the Mishnah is by cholam mu'id. That on cholam mu'id we know that the halakha says the mourners have to minimize their avilut. They do not do all the laws of avilut because of the holiday. So therefore, the hadush is that everybody else, it's a for them to do these things except the mourner. Which means, in the olden days, 
other people also used to commiserate with the mourners. They used to rip their clothes as well. Yeah, they used to sit on the floor and show uh, sympathy to the mourners. The Hadush of the Mishnah is that on Hola Mu'ed, nobody else could do these things. Because it's already, it's, it's Mu'ed. So only the mourners themselves can do these items. Which implying that during the year, if there was Avedut, if other people want to do these things to commiserate the, uh, the mourning, it would be permissible. So again, this Mishnah would be a case of Hola Mu'ed Davka. Then the Hadus of the Mishnah is that Hola Mu'ed, the restriction of these situations of Avedut, are limited Davka to the seven relatives. And nobody else could do these things, even if they wanted to show sympathy to the mourners. That's the way the majority of the Shonim learn the Mishnah. It's a deen in Hol HaMu'ed. It should be noted that the Yerushalmi clearly says that there is no Su'udat Havra'ah on Hol HaMu'ed. The Su'udah of the Avel on Hol HaMu'ed is Su'udah Mishelo, which means he only eats from his own, uh, from his own food. So that's a Shailan Halakha do they make Seudat Havra'ah or not? From our Mishnah, it's clearly Mashmah, there is. Comes the Gemara and says, Va'afilu hakam. And now the Gemara is going to start the challenge. You told me, according to the first way we learned the Mishnah, only the seven relatives make Kiri'ah. Finished, nobody else. So the Gemara says, Va'afilu hakam. Even if the person is a hakam, you're telling me that only the relatives make Kiri'ah. Ve'atanya hakam shemit. When a hakam passes away, everybody's considered his relatives. Which means what? Everybody has to make kiri'ah. So how could you tell me in the Mishnah, exclusively only the relatives make kiri'ah? Hakam, everybody's considered, considered his relatives. So the Gemara says, What do you mean? You think it really means that when it says in the Braita that everybody is the Tamil hakam's relative? Which means everybody is like his relative, which means certain laws of the Avelut will apply to everybody, but not the cases of Al Mishnah, which means not uh, uh, the Kiri'ah and all these other things. So it's not Mamash Kirobav, it's Kikrobav. It's like his relatives, therefore they have to do something, but not. Now what it says in the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, wait. Hakol kore'in alav. Ve'akol cholsin alav. Ve'akol mavrin alav. Barhaba. Because what are you talking about? The Braita continues. When it talks about the Tabir Hakab that passes away, everybody rips their clothes for him. Everybody has to make halitzat katef for him. Everybody has to join the Saudat. So we're back to the question. How could you tell me that in the Mishnah only the relatives, only the seven do these things? Ah, what do you mean? It says clearly, so the Gemara says, Lo sericha de lab hakamu. Okay, so you have to say, you know what the case of the Mishnah is? He's not a hakam. But in the Khanami, if it was a hakam, we also have to do uh, these items. Now again, according to the opinion that learns the Mishnah, it's talking about Khala Mu'id. So you have to learn the question like that also. A hakam that passes away on Khala Mu'id, the Brayta says, Hakol Kur'in Alav, Hakol Hulsin Alav, Hakol Mavrin Alav. Hi, how can it be a Mishnah said on Khala Mu'id? It's limited to the seven relatives. And the answer is, you're right. I was stressed about not a Tamir hakam. But if he was a Tamir hakam, in the Khanami, everybody would do it even on Khala Mu'id. So the Gibran says, wait. V'i adam kasheru hiyube mehayeb likbikra. Hold it. We have another, somebody else. If he's an adam kasher, upright citizen we'll call him, everybody is obligated to make kiri'ah on adam kasher. Now what is adam kasher? A person that's not suspected any averot. He didn't outwardly mivatil any mitzvah that he was able to do, and there's no bad rumors that went on the person. A person has a sterling reputation. A person like this, even if he doesn't necessarily be a tamid hakam, everybody's obligated to mourn on this person. Now there is a difference between an adam kasher that passes away, and a hakam. Which means, anybody that hears about a tamid hakam, even within 30 days, that passes away, is hayav to make kiri'ah. However, Adam kasher, it's only bish'at kivurah on the, on the day that, uh, that they're burying him, which is at the time of the levaya, not at, uh, during the uh, 30 days. In any event, so the Gemara is coming along to say, uh, what do you mean, 
Adam Kasher, also everybody's high up to make Kiriah. How do we know the Tanya? What's the reason, Balmanan, why a person's children die when they are young? Because Bori Olam wants the person to mourn on somebody that's Kasher. His children are Kasherim, they're young. So therefore, in order to uh, cause a person to mourn on somebody that's Kasher, God takes away his children. So the Gabbara says, Which means, for something that Boreolam wants him to do, God takes away his collateral security, which means it doesn't make sense. Which means, to get him to mourn. So God takes away his children so he can mourn. Why would, what's, what's, what's the logic in that? So the Gabbara says, It's a punishment. Since he did not, in a previous case, mourn on somebody that was Adam Kasher, so then Bore Allah says, he didn't mourn on somebody that's Kasher, there's the punishment, his children. Which means, a person that mourns on Adam Kasher, they erase all his sins, because of the kavod that, that he did for that person. So what do you see over here? The bottom line, Adam Kasher, everybody has to make Kiriyah as well. That should be noted as a side point. What's the pshat that Borealah punishes children? I thought we have a rule that says God doesn't punish the children for the avon of the father. So some of the Mepharshim explained that these are Kitanim. But not Kitanim are still under the jurisdiction of the father. And therefore it's possible that even for the sins of the father, the Kitanim are taken away. Mashiach, when they grow up a little, then they're ready, they're on their own. So therefore still they can be uh, liable. In any event, give us questions, what do you mean Adam Kasher? So Tarat Gebara says, Delav Adam Kasheru. Okay, so you have to say the Mishnah is talking about somebody that's not an Adam Kasher. And therefore only the relatives themselves are obligated to do the Kiriyah. have another ramification. If the person is standing there, at the time that the soul departs, the Alakha says, everybody has to make uh, Kiriyah, even if he's not an Adam Kasher, certainly even if he's not a Tabi Chakam, how do we know that? Netanya, Bishawamin al Azar Omer, Haomed al Hamet, Bishat Yitziat Neshama, person's there at the time of Mitah, Hayav Likrawa, there is an obligation to make Kiriyah. How? Lemazid Omer, what is it similar to? Lesefer Torah Shinisraf. Like a Sefer Torah that is burnt. Now what is the connection between a person that dies to a Sefer Torah that's burnt? So that she says, The Torah, Taplashi, The Torah Kiruya Nir. The Torah is called a Nir. Shene'emar, Ki Nir Mitzvah Torah Or. Remember, Torah is light. Veneshama Nikrat Nir. And the Neshama of a person is called a Nir. Shene'emar, Dikhtiv, Nir Elohim, Nishmat Adam. So you see, Nir Elohim, Nishmat Adam. So what's the connection? This is called Nir, this is called Nir. When a person's neshama is taken away, we look at it as if the Torah is being taken away. Simply, because now that a person dies, a person is not able to fulfill the Torah anymore. So therefore it's a form of the Torah being destroyed. As long as this person was alive, this Nir is able to fulfill this Nir. However, now that he's not around anymore, so the Torah cannot be uh, fulfilled. So it's like it was extinguished. And we have a halakha that says a sifra that burnt, Everybody's high up to make Kiriyah So therefore the same thing over here A regular person passes away And, the per- and you're there The person's there at the Sha'at Yitziat uh, Neshama That's the the, the uh, rib. So comes the Gemara comes along and says Delo ka'e hatam Bish'at Yitziat Neshama So the Gemara says you're right The case that Mishnah is talking about Where he wasn't there at the time of Yitziat Neshama so therefore, let's review the subjects that we just uh, discussed now. Regular relatives, doesn't matter who they are, the relatives, what status they are, everybody in the family, the relatives of seven are Hayab in, Kiri'an, all the other things that we mentioned. According to some opinions, even on Halam we're discussing over here, and nobody else. Uh, however, if he's a Tamir Hakam, then everybody's obligated into making the Kiri'ah. If a person is Adam Kasher, also, everybody's hayab in Kiriyam. We gave the nafkamina. 
And if a person is a regular person, not a Taminachem, no Adam Kashir, but the person is there, Bishat Yisiat Neshama, then it's Kiriyah is Hayav as well. Kinach. Yes. Yes. Kinach Nafsheh, the Rav Safra. When Rav Safra passed away. Lo Karu Rabbanan Ale. So the rabbis did not make Kiriyah on Rav Safra. Amri, their logic was, Lo Gamrinan Mineh. So we never learned from him. He never taught us anything. He wasn't our rabbi. They thought when it says Chacham, it means the Chacham that you had interaction with, and he taught you Torah. Amalu Abaye, Mitanya Harav Shemit. Does it say in the bright that the rabbi that died, which implies that your rabbi Chacham Shemit Tanya? This is a Chacham. Stam a Chacham. The odd, and furthermore, Kol Yomash Matate Befumin Bebe Midrasha. Every day his halachot are being repeated in the Bet Midrash. You might not be learning directly from him. But in the Midrash every day, Rav Safra said, Rav Safra said, so therefore you're all learning from his halachot. Uh, so number one, it doesn't have to be your rabbi necessarily. He's a hakam, everybody has to mourn. And number two, he is uh, your rabbi indirectly, because his halachot are being repeated every day uh, in the uh, Bet Midrash. So therefore, even according to you, you have to make kiriyah. Because mm-hmm. you are learning from him. So the Gebarah says, Sabur, ma'id haba haba. So they held, listen, what happened, happened. Which means, they didn't rip already, so they missed it. So the Gebarah says, Amalu abaye, tanina, hakam, kozeman, she'oskin behesped, hayavim likrawa. So long as it's within the first seven days of the Avedut, where they're still giving eulogies over him, the person who hears about it has to make kiriyah. That's kavod for the tamir hakam. At the time of the hisped, which is with the first seven days, the kiriyah is still done. So the Gemara says, "Sabur lemikra lealtar." So they want to do it immediately. Okay, they want to do it seven days. They want to rip immediately. Amalu abaye tanya hakam kevodo behispedo dafka at the time. Of the eulogy. So I mean, wait, wait till they start making the eulogies again, because they used to make it for seven days, and then rip the clothes. That's the kavod of the Talmid Hakam, which means that's considered Sha'at Himmum. Remember, we learned earlier in the Gemara that the main kiriah is done at the time where the people are heated up. Sha'at Himmum. What is Sha'at Himmum for Talmid Hakam? Obviously, the time that they're eulogizing. So I mean, told them, wait till they start eulogizing again, and then they make a kiriah. Not beforehand. Comes the Gemara and says, "Kinach nafshed Ravuna." When Ravuna passed away, Savur leotube sefer Torah apuria. They wanted to put a sefer Torah on his coffin. Amar lehur of Hizda. Now, what's the logic why they want to put a sefer Torah? Rashi says, "Velomar kiyem zeh mashkatu bezeh." There was a, is a siman. This man over here fulfilled what's written over here. It's a symbol that he followed the entire Torah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to put a Sefer Torah like they did when Hizkiyah Melech passed away. The Navi tells us, or the Gemara tells us, that they put a Sefer Torah also on his coffin. At a sign of Kavot Hizkiyah Melech, that he fulfilled the entire Torah. So they felt that Ravuna also is deserving of such a, uh, such a Kavot. Mm-hmm. So comes the Gemara and says, Amadur Rav Hazda. Rav Hazda was against it. He said, Miltad behaya lo <laughs> Something that Avuna was against in his life. Now you're going to do it uh, in his death? Why Tahlifa said, Ana Hazitel Ravuna. His eyes saw Ravuna. He wanted to sit on a bed. But there was a Sefer Torah already resting on the bed. So he did not want to sit on the same level of the Sefer Torah. He took a kad, like a, uh, a jug. He turned it over and put it on the floor. He took the Sefer off the bed, put it on the jug, and sat on the bed. So what do you see over here? He, had, he can't sit together with the Sefer Torah. And therefore now you're going to go put the Sefer Torah over his uh, coffin. He was against it. He held it as a kavod for the Sefer Torah. Alma kasabar. What does he hold? Asul yishev al gabbe mita she Sefer Torah munachale. Now he's lying on his coffin. He's lying on the, on the stretcher like that's what it was, like a mita. So you want to put the Sefer Torah on the same place where he's lying? He held like that it's Asur. So therefore, I can do something in his death that he was against uh, when he was alive. Mm-hmm. So the Gemara says, "Lo ava nafik puriyam mibaba." 
Now they're trying to take the bed out, but it wouldn't go through the door. Yeah. Seems it was too wide the bed that they had him on, so they couldn't uh, they couldn't get him through the door. Savu gagin. So they wanted to take him through the roof. They wanted to go upstairs through the roof and take him out. I guess it was wider upstairs. Amar mine. What do you mean? We learned from Ravuna. Hacham kevodo derech petah. The hacham, this kevod, is to take him outside the front door. They don't take him up the uh, the roof in these ways over here. So now the Gebarah says, Savur le'ashnuye mepuria lepuria. So they figured, okay, we'll move him. We'll move him from this wide bed, and we'll move him to a secondary bed, uh, narrower, so we can take him out the front door. Amar dehud af hazda hachigamina mine. We learn from Nafuna another hadush. Hacham kevodo bebitari shona. The hacham, the kavod, is on the first bed that they put him on. They don't switch him uh, to a different bed. The amar of Yehuda marav minay lahacham shkivotu bebitari shona. We know that the kavod of Tamir hacham is on the first bed. Shnei emar. This is when David Amalek was taking the Aaron back from the uh, house of Abinadav to Giv'ah. So the Pasuk says, وَيَرْكِبُوا وَتَرَوْنَا إِلُهِيمْ إِلْعَجَلَا حَدَشَا says, he took it on the new wagon. Now, Gemara explains, what does it mean new wagon? It wasn't a new wagon. But when uh, Rashi says, Ota agala shigra'uhu pilishtimba, which is the uh, Aaron was kidnapped, was taken into captivity by the Pilishtim. Eventually the Pilishtim sent Aaron back. So they sent it back in a wagon. So David Melech later on, when he was bringing back the Mishkan, the Aaron actually, from the house of Abin Adav to Giva'ah, to where the Mishkan was, he used the same wagon that the Pilishtim used to transport it. So from there, Ravuna learned that the Aaron is like the Sefer Torah, is like the person. So therefore, just like it's Kavot, he used the same Pagala, so too it's Kavot, used the same Mita. That's what he passed away on. To take that one, you don't transfer. Oh, so therefore, uh, they couldn't transfer. So how did they get him out of the uh, house? So the Gemara says, Peros Baba Vafkuha. They did is they widened the door. Yeah, they broke the door post, made it a little wider, in order that the, uh, the uh, Mita can fit through. Now, it should be noted that we have a question over here. How then did they put the Sefer Torah on Hizki Abelik's Mitah? Ravuna held that this is uh, Asur. Perhaps could not be on the same uh, level as the Sefer. So what did they do at the time of Hizkiyah? Uh, according to Ravuna at least. So Tosfot number Kama answers that Hizkiyah Melik was Gadol Biyotir B'Torah Ma'asim Tobim. He was special. Hizkiyah Melik was Yahid B'Torah. Even greater than Navuna, so therefore, if you have a caliber of Haskia Melech, even Navuna would agree you can put the Sefer. Today, Bismanenu, nobody's on that uh, Madriga to get this uh, Kavod. Okay. Rabbi Gaon has a Teshuvah, and he clearly says over there there was a Hasid that passed away, and they wanted to know because they put the Sefer Torah on his uh, bed, and he clearly said Asur uh, to do such a uh, thing. Comes the Gemara and continues. What was the eulogy that they gave Ravuna? Patah ale Rabbi Abba. So Rabbi Abba opened up the hesped. Says our Rabbi Ravuna was worthy that the shechina should rest upon him. But what? Bavel caused him not to get the shechina since he was in Husla Aris. And we know that the Shekhinah does not rest through HaKodesh or prophecy, does not rest in Chutz So what do you want? He was in Chutz so therefore he wasn't able to reach the Madrigot that uh, he was really worthy of. Now she says, She'en Shekhinah shona b'Chutz Ta'aris. Shekhinah does not rest on a person in Chutz So therefore that was the cause. Mativ Rav Nachman bar Hezda. Rav Nachman, the son of Rav Hezda, was at the funeral. So he had a question. Va'amli la Rav Hanan bar Hezda. Some say Rav Hanan, the son of Rav Hezda, he said, what do you mean? Haya devar Hashem el-Yehazkel ben Buz Yekwen be'eris kazdim. Yehazkel al-Navi was a prophet. Where was he a prophet? In Babel. Eris kazdim. So you see that what? God does rest his shekhina. So he was questioning the eulogy. He said, what kind of eulogy is this over here? That's not so. You can get Ruach HaKodesh, shekhina, he comes down in Hunstar. He said, Yadai Hashem, Yehazkel al-Navi. Tafak le'abu b'sandeleh. 
So Rav Hasda was there, he stepped on his shoe, as if to tell him, Shh, keep quiet. He didn't want to embarrass him in front of everybody, because it wasn't a good question he was asking. He was saying, keep, that's not a good question. So they hit him on his shoe, like he kicked him, to tell him to keep quiet. Why? He tells him like this, Amma Lab Amina Lecha, didn't I tell you once? This is Rav Hasda talking to his son. Lo titrod alma. Don't don't bother the people over here, which means don't don't bother them with these uh, type of questions that are not questions. My haya, what does it mean when it says the pasuk haya, hayo haya devar Hashem? It's a double language. Hayo haya devar Hashem, which is a scale. Shaya kevar, which means because he had prophecy already. Haya, he was a prophecy a prophet in Israel. Once a person receives prophecy in Eretz Israel, once now he's able to get to his mission even in Hunsaare. So therefore, he was able to get Hunsaare. Don't you understand? Don't you understand? I tell you that if you get in Eretz Israel, it comes in Bavel. So the, the eulogizer was right. If when I was in uh, Bavel, he didn't get the uh, he didn't get the prophecy. So therefore, he says, "Lot tetrach bekushot." Rashi says, "Don't uh, don't burden the people with these type of questions." Rashi says, "Shayake v'alkelomar ha'i shata ava velo yoter." Some want to say that no, he only got his prophecies in Eretz Israel, but that uh, doesn't help us. He was already in Eretz Israel when he got the Ruach Hakodesh, and that's how it continued. Because the pasuk clearly says Eretz Kasdim, he got his prophecy in uh, in Bebe. So that's how he uh, he answers. Okay. Comes again what Aaron says, Ki askuha lehatam. Now they brought Ravuna to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. Now it's a tremendous zechut for a person to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. Hachamim tell us anybody that's buried in Eretz Yisrael, mitkaperim kol avonotav. Like the Pasuk says, v'chiper admato amo. That the land itself is v'chiper the avonot of a person. Before the custom was, in the olden days, the rabbis that died in Bavel, they would bring them up to Eretz Israel. Some would have the custom that they would first bury them in Bavel, wait till their body decomposes, and then they would reinter them and then bring them up to Eretz Israel. So now they were doing this to Ravuna. Okay, actually the Me'idi learns like that that there was two Levayot for Ravuna. There was a Levayot that they did in Bavel, and then the uh, one that they did in Eretz Israel. Comes the Gemaran says, Amru Leil Rabbi Amib so Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi, they were originally in Bavel, they moved to Eretz Israel. So they told, they sent word to Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi, Ravuna Ateh, Ravuna is coming to uh, Israel. <clears throat> so Amru, so they said, these two rabbis, Ki havin anatam, when we were in Bavel, lo hava la reshimine. We couldn't lift our heads in front of Ravuna. Jeez, they were kafuf to Ravuna, Ravuna was the gadol. And Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi, they were... They were under him. They said, we couldn't even lift our heads. They were subservient to him. <laughs> now he's, uh, he's coming to, to us. So therefore, he's following us. He's coming after us. So what are they saying? They were saying, listen, in Bavel, he was there first. So we came to him. We were subservient to him. Now he's coming to us, he's following us. We're not going to be subservient to him over here. Now we're able to, you know, give the halakhot uh, on our own, so to speak. Which means, they were trying to say, listen, we beat him to Eretz Yisrael. They thought he was alive, they didn't know he was coming in a coffin. So they came along and they reacted, and they said, well, listen, uh, he's coming now, so now uh, we're not going to be subservient to him. Over there, we couldn't lift our heads up, but now it's different. Amru, <laughs> so they told him, Aronoba. So no, 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 he's coming, in a, his coffin's coming. Oh, so they went out to escort the coffin. And those two rabbis did not go out. So who went out, who didn't go out? So the Gibra says, The one that went out to greet the coffin, what's the reason? The Tanya, Arona over, Mimakom, Mimakom. Omdim alav b'shura. She's when they move the coffin from one place to another place. Like in this case, over they buried the ready Ravuna in Babel. Now they're reinterring him. They're bringing him into Eretz Israel. This opinion holds. You do the same process over again. When they bring him, they stand in the the line. 
to console the mourners, Avelim, uh, they say the special Beracha of the Avelim themselves, Tanhome Avelim, right? The special the laws of uh Abelim apply as well. So that's what they went out, because they have to follow the laws. They don't my tama. What's the opinion that the, of the rabbis that did not go out? They tanya aron alvenu makom lemakom en omdim ala b'shura ve'en omdim ala berkat abedim v'tan chomer avedim. So we have two brightot that are contradicting each other. So the rabbis that went out, they help. I have a bright. I have to afford the mit with all the proper kavod. The other rabbis did not go out. So we have a bright that says you don't. So the Gemara says, Kasha and Ahadadi. We have a stirana between the two brighton. Not Kasha. Kan shildo kayemet, kan bishin shildo kayemet. It depends if the person's skeleton, uh, his body, is still intact. Then we follow the brighton that says, you go out and you greet him and you do all the formalities of a regular uh, avenut. However, if his body is not intact, which means it decomposed, then you follow the other brighter that says when they're moving him from one place to another, they do not go out. Also, the Gemara says, But Ravuna, his body, his skeleton was still intact. He did not decompose. So the Gemara says, And those rabbis did not go out. They didn't know. They were under the impression, uh, by the time they bring him in, so they said, we don't have to go out. They didn't realize that really Shildor, had they known that, they would have went out themselves. So that's the uh, situation uh, with why they went out, why they didn't go out. Amri, now when they brought him to Israel, they said, where are we going to put him? Where are we going to bury him? Now, this is a very strong question, because we know we have a rule from the Gemara Sanhedrin, Taf Mem Zayin, En Kovrim Rasha Liyad Tzaddik. You're not allowed to put the Tzaddik next to the uh, Rasha, and nor in Tzaddikim themselves. You cannot put a regular level Tzaddik in front of a great Tzaddik, which you have to bury the people that are accordingly to their uh, stature. So therefore, Hachamim, now we're discussing where we're going to put uh, Ravuna. Ravuna was a great Hakam, Hasid, everything. So where are they going to put him? So the Gemara says, Ravuna ribetz Torah b'Yisrael, v'Rabbiya ribetz Torah b'Yisrael. So listen, there's a rabbi over here called Rabbiya. Rabbiya promoted Torah b'Yisrael, and Ravuna promoted Torah, spread Torah b'Yisrael. Like the Gemara in Kitubot Kuvav says that um, <coughs> there were many students that learned Torah from uh, Ravuna. Uh, and Rav himself also said, "Ani pa'alti Torah was responsible for causing the Torah to not be forgotten. He went and he uh, trapped an animal, and on the animal's hide he uh, wrote five sefirot Torah, and he gave them out to his talmidim, and they studied it, pikdusha, etc. So Rav also was like Rav they promoted Torah. So the thing he should be buried next to Rav So the Gemara says. Man me'ayile. So he said, who, who's going to go into the cave of Rav Hiyah? Now you have to go bury Rav Hunan to the cave. So now it's uh, scary to go into the cave of Rav Hiyah. Banav, Rav Hiyah was a big Sadiq, even in his death. So therefore, they're worried, who's worthy now to go into the cave to bury Rav Amar lehu Rav So Rav Hagah says, Ana me'ayalale. I'll go in. De'okimte le'talmuda'eh. I already studied the entire Talmud and I remembered it. From the already 18 years old, he knew the whole Torah. And I did not see a tipa of Keri of Zera, the Batala, his whole life. And therefore he's trying to say that not only did he study Torah, but he studied Torah, uh, so the Gemara says, and I served uh, Rav Hayyah, which means he was attendant to Rav Hayyah, and I know his deeds. That I was close to him, I know exactly his hasidut. For well, example, the Yomahad, one day, one day when he was putting on the Tefillin Shildosh, Tarachah said that the black side of the strap has to be showing outside. What happened to the rabbi was, the black strap, it... Inverted now the 
leather side was showing. And what happened? V'yativ ale arba'in ta'anita. And he fasted 40 days. Because of that uh, situation. Now, it's not an obligation, obviously, to fast in such a case. This is obviously midat hasidut, even to fast one day. For such a case, or they give sadaqah, when such a thing happens. That's really the uh, halakha. For, uh, certainly to fast 40 days is definitely uh, midat uh, hasidut. Um, someone has said that the reason why the avon of the, of the fact that it's on the leather side is the barakha al-batala. Because when a person makes the berakhan the tefillin, you have to put on the, they have to learn the tefillin the right way. Mm-hmm. So if it's, if it's inverted, so the berakhan is the So that's why he was uh, fasting. And uh, Salakah says as well that this is only talking about where the strap remains inverted past Kiryat Shema. But if a person catches it before Kiryat Shema, then it doesn't have to uh, fast uh, at all. You don't even need uh, kapara. Mm-hmm. Someone has said that Mari Bruna brings down that the reason why the Fiyah fasted was because he looked at the inverted strap as a siman from Shamayim, mm-hmm. as if he has something else wrong. And therefore, that was a siman, therefore, he fasted uh, 40 times. Why 40 times? It's a Kenegid, the Torah that was given uh, 40 days, and then Moshe Rabbeinu fasted 40 days and 40 nights when he got the uh, Torah. In any event, others want to say that uh, on the Tefillin itself, you have the, the Sheen, Dalit, and the Yud, the name of Kadosh Baruch Hu. Right? You have the Sheen on the Tefillin Shorosh, in the box, the Dalit in the back, and the Yud on the Shein Yad. So it could be the Dalid inverted it's in the back. And therefore, he took that as a sign. Therefore, he fasted uh, 40 days. In any event, that's what Haggah said. I know Rafayah, I served him. I know how great he is. I also am worthy to go in and so on and so forth. So therefore, Aile. He brought him in. He brought Navuna in. Hava gane Yehuda mimine da'abu Rafayah was buried with his children. Yehuda, his son, was buried to his right. And Hizkiyah was buried to his left. So the Chayah was in the middle. Amad the Yehuda the Hizkiyah. Yehuda, they were dead. But they were talking to each other. The Mephaj, this is literal. That even the Tzadikim, they don't really die. They're on the, the ground, so to speak, but they, they're alive, really. So therefore, Yehuda now is telling his brother, Hizkiyah, Kum get up. It's not uh, respectful. Ravuna is uh, coming in. So as if Kavot, uh, Ravuna, it's not like Kavot was to be here when Ravuna is great rabbi. So he says, uh, you know, get up. He's waiting to be buried. Let him in. So now the Gemara says, So when the rabbis were getting up, all of a sudden a fire came out of the coffin of uh, Yehuda, the son of Hizkiyah. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Hazya saw the fire. He got scared. So he lifted the Aron of Ravuna in front of the fire to shield him. And he, he left. And the reason why he didn't get punished by the fire is because he shielded himself with Ravuna. Ravuna, the tzaddik, protected him that he shouldn't get affected by the fire of the Kiddusha of the, the sons of Rabbi Hiyah. So you see the Kiddusha of the Hachanim even, uh, even after their death. That doesn't tell exactly how they buried him after that. He put him into the kid, into the, into the cave. The That's it, the crypt. And he went out. And he the kid who shared the light of the fire. He left him there. He left him there and he ran out. He says he would have got punished from the fire. But they protected him. Everyone else who protected him from the fire. Okay. Yeah, he says over here from the Shalom bin Ayatom. It's one of the Rishonim. They're resting, but they're not dead. In any event, the says, When Torah passed away, they wanted to put a Sefer Torah on his uh, coffin. 
Amar Leur of Yitzchak, so the God of Yitzchak said, Miltad Rabbe Losfira Le. An item that Rafazah's rabbi did not hold like. Who's Rafazah's rabbi? Ravuna. Anan Nikum Na'abidle. We're going to do such a thing? Yeah. So therefore they didn't put the Sefer Torah on Rafazah's coffin as well. Savu Delol Mishlal Karayu. After they made Kiri'ah for Rafazah, they did not want to uh, sew up the Kiri'ah. We learned that. Uh, for a regular mitt, not a mother and a father. After the shiva, it's permissible to sew up the uh, kiri'ah in wide stitches. So after uh, the Fazdah passed away, they didn't want to even, they call it based. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to sew it up in an unnormal fashion. When it comes to a hacham, once already they finish from the funeral and they turn their bodies away from the coffin, immediately they're able to be sholil. They can sew up the kiri'ah. So therefore he reminded them of the halakha. That's sholilim. Sholilim is dafka white. One rabbah baruna passed away. Both those rabbis. Right? They buried them. They brought them to Israel for kibura. Kimatu Agishra. Now they got to a very narrow bridge. Now both of them could not. They wanted the camels. Camels were ch- uh, carrying their coffins. The bridge was very narrow. That now one would have to go in the front of the other. Till this point, everybody, both of them were able to travel side by side. So they were both receiving the same kavod. Now they got to the narrow bridge. Question is, who's going to go first? So the Gemara says, Kamu Gamle. The camel stopped. What's the pshat? The camel stopped. Each rabbi now was giving kavod to the next one. You go first. You go first. That's why the camel stopped. Because now the rabbis, they were honoring each other. Amar There was a certain Arab that was by the bridge. So he says, My height. So what's going on over here? They said the rabbis are giving kavod to each other. They explained exactly, they knew exactly what was happening. One rabbi says, Let the other master go first. And the other one is saying, Let the other master go first. Between the rabbis and the Amar. So the Arab comes along and says, It makes sense that the law should be. Because why? Because he's a rabbi and his father's a rabbi. Rabbi himself is a Tamil Akam, but his father wasn't a rabbi. Therefore, it makes sense if you're asking me, Rabbi should go first. Khalif Gamlad Rabbi Fine, so they listened. Rabbi camel went, uh, went forward. So the Gabbara says, Natur Kachya Vishanya. So it says the, the teeth, the teeth of uh, the Arab fell out. The two type of teeth, the shanya, kachya is like the, uh, the molars and the shanya is the grinders. His teeth fell out. Well, what's the explanation? The explanation is because who are you now to start judging which rabbi is bigger or not? Because he's coming over and saying, Rabbi Baravuna is big because his father is a, uh, his father's a rabbi. Now that, that, that was a, a slight to Rav uh, Menuna. Because what the explanation really is that the person's greatness is his own greatness. Rav Menuna was a great Tamir Akhav. So we're, we're judging them, c- comparing to themselves, not according to their, to their fathers. And therefore, it was a slight to Rav Menuna when he said such a thing. Uh, because uh, obviously they, were, they knew those, they knew that themselves, and they were waiting for each other. So for the Arab to come along and come along and say, he's better because his father was Agan, that was a slight to Rabbi Menuna. So as a punishment, he was Mizalzel. So his teeth fell out. So now a child started to give a uh, eulogy on Rabbi Menuna. Geza Yeshishim Ala Mibabil. Which literally means a uh, a talbid of the elders, geza, a student of here, a root from the yeshishim, from the old one. Abu Nas studied by the great Tamid al Kamim. Alam Babel, he came from Babel. Ve'imo sefer milhamot, and with him he has the book of wars. That's the called the sefer Torah. Which means he was a gadol, but Torah. 
that she says Sefer Torah, that's Sefer Milhamot. He has the Torah with him. The Shna Harina, Shinilham Rabavira Mimuruna. He says they, 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 the two, the, he was warring with Rabah when when they got to the bridge. They didn't want they, each one wanted to give kavod to each other, and the, the Arab seat fell out. The Shna Harina she gives a third explanation. Geza Yashishim Zerabah Baravuna. Why? Dehu ben Gedolim ben Ravuna durosh Gola. Someone say Geza because he comes from the root of the elders. His son is the son of Ravuna, who's the the, 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 the chief of Babel. And who's he with? With the Ishmael Hamot. Who's the Ishmael Hamot? Who had Milchamtashir Torah? So those are the different interpretations of what this eulogy meant. He continued, Ka'at v'kipur huchpelu. Ka'at and kipur are different words of curses. That's a curse. Just today our curses have been doubled. Ka'at is lashon kelala. Kipur also is lashon of kelala. Today, by losing these two rabbis, the curses have been doubled. The affliction, the curse. Where she says, Kilalot, she says, To see the Shod and the Shebet, the plundering and the calamity that has come from Shinar. Shinar is Bevel. After these two Tamidiachamim died. Katsaf al Ulamo, God has got angry at his nation. The Hamas memenu nefashot and has snatched souls from its midst. That's the because of the avonot of the generation. The samach bahim, but don't worry. God might be angry at the people on earth, but He's happy with the tzaddikim when they get to olam haba kechala hadasha. Just like a hatan rejoices on his new bride, a kadosh baruch hu rejoices. And the uh, tzaddikim that passed away. Rochev Aravot. The God that rides in the high heaven called Aravot. That's the highest heaven. Sas v'sameach bebo elav nefesh nakiv v'sadik. Is happy and rejoicing when the soul of the tzaddik comes to him. Which means Aravot is the highest level. Which the eulogizer was trying to say that these rabbis are going to reach the highest level in the heavens. Close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Comes the Gemara and continues. Kinach nafshed Ravina. When Ravina passed away. Patach alei ahu safdana. Eulogize, I got up and eulogize the following. Temarim hini'u rosh. Al-Saddiq katamar. Even the tall palm trees are now bowing their heads in honor of the Saddiq that was like a tamar. It's a, it's a euphemism, as if he's saying, it's, it's a mashal. As if to say that even the trees, the high trees were bowing their heads out of kavod to the rabbi that's considered like a tamar. Now what's the pshat? Why they compare a tamin hakam to a tamar? Because pasuk says, sadika tamar yifrah. So the fashim say, the tamar has one, uh, one root an unbranched trunk. Right? Okay. Unbranched trunk, he's calling it. And from there comes all the uh, leaves from the uh, uh, tree. So to a, a tzaddik, he has one lev, which means his lev is only committed to aviv shema shamayim. So therefore, one trunk, one lev, therefore they compare the tzaddik to a tamar. Nasim lelot kayamim. Let us mourn day and night. Al mesim lelot kayamim. On the one that uh, spent his nights like his days studying Torah. So well, let us eulogize day and night for the one that also spent day and night learning Torah. Amale Rav Asher le Barkipuk. Barkipuk was a famous eulogizer. So Rav Asher tells Barkipuk, Hahu yoma my amart. Says on the day that I pass away, what are you going to eulogize me? What are you going to say about me? So he said, Amina, I'm going to say the following. I'm going to say is, if the fire was able to get the cedar trees, what are the small little uh, hyssops in the wall going to say? Which means if the fire of the Malak was able to get Rabina, 
Uh, what is a regular guy going to say? What, is the, what are the small little people? They have no shop in front of the uh, Malach. Then he said, Leviathan bechakahu ala ma'yasu dagir rekak. If the whale was able to be snatched up bechakah with the hook, with the fish hook, what is the small little fish in the pond going to say? Which means that if he has the whale, if the hook was able to, Malach was able to hook the whale. What are the small fish going to say? Which means uh, if he passed away, nobody has uh, a chance. <laughs> Furthermore, benachal shotef nafla haka. This haka means dryness. If the torrent river, the malakama was able to dry it up, what is the small little uh, pond of water going to say? Which means if the malakama was able to dry up a great river, like Ravina, what is a small little puddle uh, going to say? So this was the uh, three different types of uh, uh, eulogies that he was saying. This is what I would uh, he would say about him. So comes the Gemara and says, comes the Gemara says, So there was another eulogizer called Bar Abin. He said, Hasve Shalom Shalom. I would never use these type of terminologies. Fish hook or fire regarding the eulogies of the tzaddikim. Why? Because the fire. Right? He says if the uh, if the fire went into the arazim, the fire represents Gehinnam. What are you going to mention Gehinnam to the to the to the, to the, to the eulogy of the tzaddikim over there? And furthermore, the hook represents a sudden death, like a fish dies. How does a fish die? Doesn't anticipate the death. Boom! It's snatched up. The tzaddikim die in a sudden death. That's not a good death. And therefore, it's not kavod to mention such a thing for the tabidah uh, chamim. So therefore, the Gemara says, the Maharsha explains also that when he said over here in the uh, oh, he says, "Oh my Amart." So that voice says, "So what are you going to say?" This is about Avin now. Amina bechu laavelim velo laaveda. Who has to cry? Cry for the ones that are mourning. Don't cry for the one that's lost. The deceased, he's at rest. He's resting at peace. Who's suffering? The people that are still around. The people that are that are remaining. And that's why that's why he would eulogize. Now that wasn't a good eulogy either, because he's calling the tzaddik an aveda if he's lost. He's not lost. The tzaddik doesn't get lost. If he passes away, he goes up to get aided. So when he heard these type of uh, eulogies, halaj he was upset at both eulogizers the way they uh, eulogized him. Like he called them an uh, abeda. Some explain he was upset that they even offered to eulogize him, which means they should have said to him, "Hasb shalom, you're going to live uh, for 120 years. You know, we don't even want to go there." I want to even open a mouth for, for his bed for you. Instead they gave, each one gave their, uh, their lies, they would have said. So if he, if he felt upset. Instead of giving him a berakha, you, you won't have to come to uh, his bed, like you live uh, a long life. Right, that's the Benu Shalom Abin Ayatom, that's the way he explains. In any event, what happened? He got upset. Their legs became lame and they inverted. That means the top of their feet were inverted towards the floor. The soles was facing up, and the top of their foot was facing the ground. They got a certain type of disease. And on the day that Ravina actually died, or actually Ravashir, on the day that Ravashir died, they did not come to eulogize him. One of two reasons. Either because he knew that he was Makpeed on them, so they didn't come, or because they couldn't come, because they couldn't walk, because their uh, legs got uh, all uh, inverted. And this is what Abashe said about these two eulogizers. Both these eulogizers cannot fulfill the Mazab Halitza. Mazab Halitza is if somebody's, uh, let's say, is married, his wife passes away. Uh, so now the Halakha says, I'm sorry, he passes away. So now, no children. So the uh, wife has to marry the husband's brother. That's the mitzvah of Yibum. 
If he doesn't want to fulfill the mitzvah of Yibum, he does a process called Halitza. Halitza is that the brother-in-law puts on a certain shoe, right? And she has to take off the shoe from his foot. But the Pasuk says, in, uh, by the Yibum, it says, You have to take the shoe from on top of his leg. These people of it, since their legs are inverted, they would have to take it mitahat raglo. And therefore, the Vashir said, these two people of here, Bar Kipuk and Bar Avin, they're not subject to the laws of Halitza. Because since their foot is inverted, they cannot fulfill the mitzvah of Halitza because it's mitahat and not from on top. When Rava got to the Euphrates, I'm sorry, the Tigris River, Hidekel. He told the eulogizer about Avin, Kum Ema Milta. They wanted to cross the Tigris River. Yeah, it was very, very dangerous to cross the Tigris River. So he said, Make a tefillah for us before we cross that we should be uh, successful. So he said, Ka'e, uh, he stood, meaning Bar Avin stood up, Ba'amar, Ba'u Rov Shilishit Mamayim. The majority of the Jewish people, the Jewish people are called Shilishit. She means the choice. The choice nation has passed through the water. When was that? The Mishraim by Kiryat Yamsuf. So the Jewish people traditionally are able to pass through the water. Therefore, Zechor V'Rahim. Remember and have mercy. Ta'inu Maharecha Kiisham Ibala. God, we have swayed from you like a wife sways from her husband, like the lady of the Sota. That she is not faithful. We have also been not faithful to you. However, Do not give us the bitter waters. A sota that sways against her husband, she has to drink the bitter waters. And if she's guilty, she explodes. So she's really coming to say, the eulogizer, listen, we're not the best. We've swayed away from you, but uh, give us uh, mercy and let us uh, cross the river without any incident. Rav Hanin was the son-in-law of the Nasi. He did not have any children. Rav Hanin. He prayed to Gadus Baruch Hu and God gave him children. On the day that was born to the son, he died. So the eulogized at the funeral got up and said, Simha, the happiness of his son being born, It was turned into sorrow. Right? Yagon, the Simha simile, which is the Simha turned into Yagon. Sason, the Yagon, Nidbaku. Sason is the happiness. Sason is used when a baby boy is born because that's the Brit Milah. Sas Anuchiyadim Latecha. Sason is Milah. And therefore, it's Sason, the Sibha, the potential Brit Milah, the Yagon. But Sar have attached themselves. Be'et Simchato Ne'enach. At the time of his happiness, Ne'enach. He's grieving. Be'et Haninato Avad Hanino. Which means, according to understanding over here, which is at the time of, at the time he was granted or graced with a son, at the time that God graced him by answering his difficulty, by giving him a son, his father that sought favor to bring him to the world was lost. The Maharsha over here says that there was uh, three different uh, things that the eulogizer said over here, which means he said, uh, that when the baby is born, there's three semachot. You have the brit milah, which is on the eighth day, and you have the uh, the birth itself. Mm-hmm. Then you have the brit milah on the eighth day, and you have the pigeon on the thirtieth day. Yeah. So he was uh, alluding to over here the day of the of, of, of that he was born. He said simcha um, pecha. That's the morning period immediately when the child dies. Sason v'yagon. Nidbaku, that's already the Shiva, that's right when the Brit Milah was supposed to be. Be'et Simchato, Ne'enah, the Simchah is the Pidyon, because 30 days later, he lost that also. Asikule Hanan al-Shemed, they named the baby Hanan after the father. Kinaq nafshed Rabbi Yohanan, when Rabbi Yohanan passed away. Patah aleh Rabbi Yitzhak ben Al-Azhar, Kasheh hayom li Yisrael, Kiyom bo ha-Shemesh b'Tsahurayim. 
דכתיב והיה ביום ההוא והבאתי השמש בשעוריים ואמר רבי יוחנן זה יומו של יאשיהו when יאשיה המלך died he died, he was a tzaddik Yoshiyahu he destroyed all the avodah zara in Klai Yisrael and he was a big tzaddik and he led Am Yisrael in the right way however he died at the age of 39 years old in a war by Paro Paro Necho when the, they were going to fight uh, when he died, they eulogized him and they said, the death of Yoshiyahu is analogous to the sun setting in the middle of the afternoon Jesus was at the, the peak of his life. He was a young man. Imagine the sun setting in the middle of the afternoon. So they eulogized Rabbi Yohanan, even though Rabbi Yohanan lived a long life. He was the Nasi of Christ for 80 years. But still they said his death is like the death of Yoshia, where like the sun is setting in the middle of the day. When Rabbi Yohanan passed away, Rabbi Ami sat seven days, and he followed also the 30 days. Rabbi Ami did this on his own. Does not have to sit for seven and 30 days. He was mahmir. Even the person's rabbi that taught him Torah, he only has to sit one day. So therefore he was mahmir. When the Bizera passed away, Patah Haleahu Safdana, the eulogizer opened up Eres Shinar Harav Yalda. The Bizera was born in Bavil. So he said, the land of Bavil, Shinar raised and bore him. Eres Sevi, Gidelash Ashuaya. But Eres Sevi, which is Eres Israel, it has nurtured and raised its delights. delights. Tiberius lost its precious instrument, which was what? The Bizera. Now the Mephalshim say over here that the Bizera died in Tiberia. That's why he said, Oi Nala Rakat, Wotu Rakat, the Lord's precious instrument. The Torah is also called Kli Himda. And therefore the Bizera is like the Kli Himda, which is like the Sifat Torah. The Gemara Mihila explains why Rakat is called, why Tiberia is called Rakat. We learned that even the empty ones in Rakat are filled with Mitzvot, like Rimon. The Gemara said, Edrin Lamedzayin says that there was Biryonim. Like uh, gangsters, they used to live in Tiberia, in the neighborhood of Rabbi Zira. And after Rabbi Zira died, it says they made Teshubah. Because uh, Rabbi Zira was always pray for them. So when they saw Rabbi Zira died, I mean, we lost the one that's going to pray for us. Rabbi Zira loved the, the people so much. He would pray for everybody. So therefore you see, rakat, he said, rakat, even the empty ones, the Rekanim, even the Biryonim at the time of Rabbi Zira's death, are now making Tishra because they lost the one that used to pray for them. Comes the Gemara continues. Kenach nafshed Rabbi Abu and Rabbi Abu passed away. Achitu amude de kasre maya. The beams in the city of Caesarea. They were water was coming out of them. Miracle, as if the beams of Caesarea were crying. When Rabbi Abba passed away. When Rabbi Abu. Rabbi Yosef, when Rabbi Yosef passed away, The gutters on the roofs of the city of Sipori were dripping blood. Miracle. Some say because Rabbi Yosef was Moser Nefesh on the Mitzvah Milah. When the Romans passed the decree not to do the Brit Milah, Rabbi Yosef did it anyway. And therefore the blood was coming down to symbolize his... Uh, uh, sacrifice for the Mizvah Milah. The Rabbi Yaakov, when Rabbi Yaakov passed away, it hami'u kuchabe bimama. The stars came out during the day. You were able to see the stars during the day. The Rabbi Yaseh, kol ilanaya. All the trees uprooted themselves. They got uprooted on that day. The Rabbi Hiyah, nehitu keped nuram mirki'ah. Fiery stones fell from the heavens. The Rabbi Menachem, the Rabbi Simai, the coins that had images of faces on them, the, the, the coins of the, of the city. All the coins, their faces became smooth. 
Because it lost its uh, image. Why? Because they say the rabbi was very mekpeed in his life never to look at the coins. Because it had the pictures of these uh, or these images on it. So as a kavod, when he died, all the images just they disintegrated. They became smooth. When all the statues in the town, they disintegrated. They got cut off. Why? Because uh, the rabbi also was careful never to look at them. So as a result, when he passed away, I guess that's statues of all the kings. Right? So what happened was, when he died, all the heads uh, just uh, fell off. The rabbi Yashiv, when Rabbi Yashiv passed away, Seventy furrows or holes that the Ganavim are able to sneak through were revealed. It seems when he was alive, he protected the town. When he died, now all the Ganavim were able to come back into the town. Seventy hiding spots underground now were revealed where the Ganavim are able to, uh, to sneak and hide. He protected the town. Like uh, hailstones fell from the heavens. When Abba Yosef died, that's what the bridges. It seems that there was bridges over the uh, over the water, over the Euphrates River. So when uh, when he passed away, the bridge fell, and the the bridges themselves, the, the arch of the bridges, touched each other. I guess uh, they collapsed and they touched each other in the water. They became unstable. Okay, that was the Tigris River when because the, they were they were in that area. So therefore, the, the bridge came down and the arches touched each other. When those rabbis that died, the uh, palm trees started to produce thorns as a siman of uh, that normally when the rabbis was alive, the palms were having beracha, but as a result that he died, now they started to produce thorns. Amen.